Sounds like AudioCrisp. Welcome to the North End Podcast, where three Canadians and an Englishman talk about English soccer. On today's episode, we talk transfers, we talk rumors, and we talk everything Liverpool with Emery from the official Liverpool Supporters Club. Football, beer, banter, repeat. This is the North End. This is the North End. Welcome to the North End Podcast. I am here with Luke. Uh, Luke, how are you, sir? I'm well. Thank you for asking. Good to have you back. Connie, how are you? Good. It's been a while. Good I know. Bit, we, you, we, we, we took a little break. We took a little break, but we, we have a special guest. We have Emery from the, uh, he's a member of the official Liverpool Supporters Club, our first Liverpool, proper Liverpool supporter on the show. I feel a little bit guilty about that, um, except the fuck Liverpool. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> wow, Brian. What, 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 what a welcome, Emery, right off the bat, it's, eh? This is right into it. This is the North End podcast, guys. It's banter. That's that's what we do. Welcome to the show, sir. It's good to have you on. Appreciate you being here. Thanks. Pleasure to be on. Pleasure to be the first Liverpool fan to be on here as well. Uh, yeah, excellent, excellent. I think I told a little story just just beforehand about my, my buddy Robert, who I was going to have on, and uh, we were going to have him on the day we lost to Liverpool in the Champions League. So that that got kiboshed real quick. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why. Uh, yeah, I wonder why exactly. So anyway, so let's uh, let's get into some of the uh, some of the rumors that are going on. We got some transfer some some transfers that actually happened, and then we got some rumors. Let's start with some of the transfers that have already happened, Connie. Yeah, so I mean, having Emery on, we'll start with uh, Samikas to Liverpool, uh, the left back position. Uh, Want to get your opinion because we all know. I mean, I think most people. I'm a United fan, and I probably call Robertson the best left back on the planet right now. So is this more of just coverage for that position? More than anything else? It looks more likely that he is just coverage because we had many issues uh, when it comes to that position and specifically with playing Milner there. But I think it's more coverage. We tried Nico Williams there at left back for quite a bit uh, at the end of the season and it just didn't look like it was something that he was comfortable in playing on the left. So I think it was a priority to get someone there that could cover Robertson. Yeah, it seems like like uh, Klopp's taking the Man City approach where you almost need two squads. So good signing for them. And speaking of Man City, uh, some wonderful signings so far. Nathan Aki from Bournemouth, fantastic uh, signing. They've been looking to bolster that center back position as we've all watched this season. It's been a bit of a disaster. And then Ferran Torres uh, came in from Valencia. For me, boys, that was more of a... Leroy Sané out, we need another winger, another option, kind of like the, the coverage thing as well. It's one of those things where he rotates. He's got the the Mareses, you know, the... Yeah, it's a, but it's it's a great signing. He's a great player. It is for sure. It's a depth signing, right? Essentially the same same as uh, the the Liverpool signing for sure. Yep. yep. What and do you boys make of uh, of Aki? I think we should we should. Yeah, I, I wanted to talk about that too because we yeah. that, that, that really did come up, it came up a little bit on the WhatsApps, so, uh, like whether it was a good signing or not. Um, I mean, I think it's a good signing. I think he's a good player. Is he a City player though? Is he at that level? That's, that's what mean, everyone was saying. And I and I I honestly don't think he is. Is he better than John Stones? I don't think he is i mean i think you got a player there who is quality and he's going to give you depth but i mean i don't know maybe he'll step up his game uh, at that level but for me watching him play um at bournemouth i don't think he i don't think he was good enough to go to city so i was surprised by it 
Yeah, but here's the thing, though. Do you want Fernandinho dropping back from that role-playing center defense, or do you want a guy like Ake who could come in? I don't think he's going to be a starter on this City team, but you'd have him on the bench for any club in the Premier League. You just would. I think it's a great signing. I think on the bench, Connie, I don't disagree with on the bench, but if I'm Nathan Ake and I'm going from a a starting position playing you know, 35 uh, Premier League games in a season, if I stay fit, yeah, and I'm going, and then I'm going to go to City and sit on the bench for most of the games. Like it's a strange decision from his perspective, and it's, it seems to be a strange decision. I would think from the he, City's perspective. Do you think he's going to sit on the bench? I who, mean, who, who do I you think, see as the starting centre back partnership for for all fully fit players for Man City? Laporte and Stones. I think he starts. I don't think I don't, I don't know. Think Stones, Stones has got nowhere near the team. He hasn't I been. Think Stones is on his way out. If he's it, gone, mate. Based on what we've seen, anyway. But yeah, uh, it's a weird one. And I think if you have, um, uh, I think they're both left footers at that point. Is is um, yep. Aki a left footer? Right. Yep. Aki so is not, a left footer. Yeah. So I think again, you you need you need to arguably in the center half position, you're going to need a right footer and a left footer. So I don't know. It's a weird one for me. I guess we'll see how it pans out, but. Um, um, we'll move on from it, but I don't think it's weird, but you also have to factor in. He just signed for Man City. Brian, his wages probably doubled. Oh, I get that. The money the money part of it, of course, but sitting on the bench making money, at some point you're going to get bored. Yeah. And then uh, they also it's signed the off season. Yeah, <laughs> they, they signed another defender, Moreno, from Juventus. Don't know too much about him, but we move on to Chelsea, who have not been wasting time. Timo Werner, massive signing, probably one of, if not the most sought after number nines in the market. And that's after uh, signing Zajcek from uh, Ajax. I think, I think it's Ziyech. Ziyech? Ziyech. Oh, yeah. Ziyech. Ziyech, yeah. Yeah, and I think that was more of they had Callum hudson Adoy, and they knew William and Pedro were, they were being released and they have been released. So it's kind of bringing in some youth, bringing in some energy, but good business from them. Uh, uh, they're, strongly linked to some other players, but I'll leave that for Luke. I think, uh, just quickly on that, I think yeah. those are both very good players, but I, I think we've seen this from a lot of teams uh, who are who have considerably or obviously bad defenses. Chelsea, don't, uh, they need to address that. Similar to Arsenal, need to address that. They're like, are they, why are they not in for a center half? Are they not in for a leader in that, in their, in their defensive? I just seems like a stri- just keep buying forwards, keep buying forwards. I, I don't, I don't get it. But anyways, I just wanted to throw that in there. I find it a little confusing. No, I mean, I would agree. I think a lot of people would agree. We, we kind of got to see what happens. I don't know if Luke's anything good on that, but I haven't seen them linked with anybody. Yeah, me neither. That's what's yeah. Surprising. Those are good signings. Though. The, the Werner yeah. one, I think, is a huge coup. Like, that's a guy that was on a lot of radars. And then we move to Spurs, who uh, have signed Hoiberg. Uh, let me let me, let me me get you to uh, pronounce that proper, properly. It's Hoiberg. Hoy, oh, you want me to do Hoiber? Hoiber? Hoiber. That's how you say Hoiber. That's so you're, you're three for three at the moment. I'm <laughs> and that's with that well, Kyle Walker <laughs> going the other way. Uh, Brian, what are what are your thoughts and feelings on this signing? I think it's it's exactly what Spurs need. It's something we've needed since uh, when Yama kind of had his best season and then Dembele left uh, two Januarys ago. We've been suffering without having uh, a proper defensive midfielder. Um, and I and I think when we did the Spurs episode, when I built my team, he was one of the, the, the players that I said we needed to get in. He's a leader. He's uh, he was uh, he had the most uh, interceptions out of any defensive midfielder in the league last season. I think uh, like quite a bit more than uh, Declan Rice. I think was just behind him. Uh, on a, he was on 130. Declan Rice was on 110. So he in that position is the best player in the league at the moment statistically. I know that's not everything, but he's also very good with leadership. He was Southampton's captain. Southampton's captain before he uh, decided he wanted to come to Spurs, and he's um, he's exactly what we need. 
Kyle Walker Peters going the other way also uh, to note was on my radar as well as coming back to, from his loan to play as a right back because we're desperately need like depth in our right back position at the moment. So selling him to me, despite it being like really good for the way bear is a bit frustrating because it means if we do sell um, uh, our other right back, <laughs> uh, we're going to have no right backs. So, you know, it's, it's a bit stressful, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, good, good business uh, for the most part though. Yep. And otherwise it's been pretty quiet. Um, even the rest of the big boys have been quiet. A lot of rumors, which Luke will get us into, but I want to finish on this last one and I want to get Emery's thoughts on it. Uh, Lalana signs for Brighton. Um, what was your, I mean, what were your overall thoughts uh, on Lalana as a player? I remember when he first got to Liverpool, I was like, this guy could be a player and it just didn't seem to work out for him. Injuries are uh, sad to see him go. Or what, what are your thoughts? Injuries really didn't help him when it came to uh, his career at Liverpool. But I think um, in 16-17, he really showed, 15-16 and 16-17, those two seasons, he showed what a player that he could have been if it wasn't for the injuries. And I mean, this season, well, the season that just passed, he did make some contributions. He ensured at least a point or n- no loss against United at Old Trafford. Yeah. He had a really, really, you know, Good moment for us there when it came to his celebration as well. We were going, we were buzzing about that. <laughs> that was super nice. But I think it was it was time for him to move, and I'm really glad that he took the opportunity to go to Brighton. And I love that he took the number 14 there as well in a bit of an ode to Henderson. Yeah, I, I mean, I still think if he can, if he can stay healthy, there's a player in there. But yeah, I, I think he was so far down the pecking order that you know he probably wants to play at this point. That injury killed him, of course. I mean, yeah. it was just, he, I, I really liked the way he played. I, I enjoyed his football when he went to Liverpool initially. I was like, wow, this is a good player. Uh, and and uh, yeah, just difficult to to have that type of injury. It's a massive scoop for uh, for Brighton. Let's That's be honest. Because I saw yeah. that announced, and I, my first reaction was, where the shit were Villa on that one? Like. Good question. I, I, I would have taken him and put him straight in the team. Like he's he's a he's still a young player. He's not that old. I well, I wouldn't say young, but he's not he's not isn't that he old. Like and he's thirties now. Put him. Isn't he thirty now? Yeah, but but based on on what we're gonna get out of him on a free transfer, you'd easily get three years out of him. Four yeah. years ever. He's a Villa supporter, Emery. Let's see it. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> no, yeah. I know, but uh, <laughs> you got to come down. That kind of come down to your expectations. We, we have not got the uh, the depth that you <laughs> might have. We'll, we'll no, but it's good for Villa to have a have a player that's won the trophies that he's won and has the experience that he has to just come in and you know help out. Exactly. Yeah, he's going to make the players around him better. And I think that's what Brighton are going to see with a player like that. If he can stay fit, the players around him and Brighton uh, will will get better and they'll they'll finish a little bit higher. They'll be a bit more comfortable with somebody like that in their team. Yeah, and there's a lot of, and I don't know if now's the time, we're not going to cover it now, but there's a lot of big name players that were released. We'll maybe save that for another pod. Like a lot of players available that at one time were very good players that are just there now, but... We'll wait for that. So a lot of rumors going on. So Lukey boy, let's hear him, Lukey. What let's do we have? <laughs> we uh, we've got a lot, but uh, let's let's start with our, our new friend Emery. Emery, uh, big big links coming out, and then Twitter is uh, is up in arms right now with uh, Saar from Watford linked heavily heavily with uh, Liverpool. And he's spoken out recently about leaving Vicarage Road. So forty million is probably going to be the fee or around that because it's what Watford paid for him initially. They're going to want to recoup because he's still young. What is he, 19, 20, I think. What would you uh, What would you make? Do you think that's a signing that you do you need or is it more a signing that you think you want? I think it is a signing that we'll, we'll, we'll need because we do need that depth when it comes to our attacking players. But I don't think if we didn't pay the 50 for uh, Timo, I don't think we'll be paying the 40 for Sar. 
And there was rumors that I've seen when it comes to a loan with an option to buy at the end of the season that might make sense. But again, I don't see us paying 40, anything over 25, really. But I want to jump in on that. If you're not going to pay 40 or 50 for him, what about 30 million for Tiago Alcantara? Because that deal, he, apparently he's been talking to Klopp. For me, that would be a massive signing and a great fee, and he'd fit into that. Absolutely. For that for me, that would you could argue that that would be the buy of the summer, and both parties seem interested. Like he's just sitting there, and I don't know what the weight is. I think the weight has to kind of have to do with uh, Bayern's current uh, Champions League run. Yeah. Because if he does sign, he's instantly gone. Like uh, again, with Werner going to Chelsea, so they didn't have him. They still don't have him to be able to play those rounds. So I think that's what the weight is, but he's a bit of a luxury signing for me. Like I, I wouldn't mind if we didn't get, I'd be, I'd be gutted. I'd be, I'd be gutted, but um, I don't think it would be the end of the world if we didn't sign him when he, it comes to our midfield options. I think he's a beautiful player. I would just, I would love him at United, but I would just, he's one of those footballers for me. Whereas for, it would be nice to just watch him in the Premier league. You know what I mean? Like he's just, I think he's such a talented midfielder, but we'll see. He is. He's. There's still. I think there's still a, a bit of a question mark on him because he. It is young and, and there's still a lot to to be seen. So I think that loan deal. If Emery, if you could pull that off, obviously that would be a, a fantastic bit of business by Liverpool. But uh, Brian, moving on to you, Tottenham, 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 linked with uh, one in, one out. Uh, the big talk of them going out is uh, Serge Aurier is linked with a move out, but apparently the valuation is low. What do you make of that? Because Serge has been has been a, a bit up and down for you this season. You know, he's been our best defender uh, statistically, which is a strange one. He's got, I think he had eight assists this season. Um, you know, he, he's played since Mourinho's come in, he's played a much different position than your standard sort of right back would play. He, uh, when we went, when we were going forward, he would move up as more of a right winger and then we'd end up playing three at the back when we were in the, uh, in the opposition uh, side of the pitch. So I, uh, you know, he's not a Mourinho player because he's sort of like not disciplined enough to play in a Mourinho backline. So I think from a Mourinho perspective, he's like, this is what I got. This is how I'm going to use him because that's what he's like good at. And so, you know, he made, I think he made a good decision to do that. Um, as far as evaluations are concerned, I think, I think he's been evaluated, evaluated, if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, around 20 mil, uh, which I yeah, think... Probably, probably there's 18 to 20 or something. I can't remember the exact number, but it's a, I think they're pushing Levy's pushing for around 22 because I believe you paid about 23 from PSG for. Yeah, Levy Levy hates losing money, so I, I would imagine that uh, I would imagine that we're we're going to try to get what we what we paid for at least close enough to it, so it's not a huge loss. Again, I I'm nervous of this though because I think um, that's a position we're already thin on, and we have been since Kyle Walker left uh, a few years back. Um, and we haven't really recovered from that. You know, Kyle Walker Peters, the other Walker is is leaving, is left as well. So, um, I, as much as Serge Aurier is not my favorite player, and he's he, you know he has a, an, a, a he has moments of rashness, I would be disappointed if he left without a replacement immediate uh, beforehand before he was sold. So, um, I don't mind him going, but. But I think it's dodgy if we don't replace him like with a Max Aaron's or somebody else first who's ready to play 40 to 50 games in a season. And then whoever the backup can come in. For sure. I don't think it will be Max Aaron. I think uh, Norwich are, are, are pricing out a lot of the teams. Um, yeah. I do believe he'll look to move. Um, That'll come down, of, though. That price will come down, though. Well, there's, there's talk right now that Norwich are actually considering a loan deal where they'd loan him um, uh, with the idea that when they come back up, he returns to become a Norwich player next season. <laughs> so that, yes, exactly. Seemingly so. But, that, that, uh, that's grandiose thought. I think when it comes down to it, like, you know, and Levy will do this. If, if he is a target, like a serious target, then uh, it'll just go to the very last day and Levy will Levy him and we'll get him for whatever fucking price we want. Mm-hmm. 
absolutely. <laughs> and you've got um, so apparently Mourinho is is lining up. Uh, there's a there's a, a guy who plays a little uh, Zeki Selic. Yes. And that he's been lined up, lined up. He's he's a good player actually. I've seen him. He's quick and he likes to get forward on a on a counter attack with it. Which, based on the team that you have with it, with the speed that you have on a counter attack, that would be a, a great great player. I think the only problem with uh, with Serge was, um, you know, just just lost his head a lot. Like he would would be a bit brash to dive into a tackle, and obviously that picks up a yellow, which picks up a red. So I think that's he actually he actually improved that considerably when Mourinho came in, and I, he, I don't think he had a single yellow card or maybe one yellow card in the last like ten games. So he went from being that rash player. But what he still did, and he still does, and why Mourinho doesn't like him is he's fucking lazy. You'll watch him walk if he if he gets too far forward, and it's down his side. Sissoko is there to to save him, but he he doesn't run back. He just like trots back like slowly and you're like come on mate like yeah, you're, in it's, football, it's, you're in a football match man and you're a defender get the fuck back there and defend you know so like he's not even trying so that's I enough that, that's enough that, on Sir Jorier for me yeah, yeah that's enough that's fair, we'll that's just, fair. before we move past Tottenham big uh, big talk coming out that um, they're really trying to convince Bale to, to make his way back oh, and I'm sure sakes. I'm not even going to give it uh, any conversation move on no no, no. I, lo- I love that that's honestly I want to I want to spend Tottenham. 10 seconds on this and I don't want to talk about it any further if anybody you knew was on Stop. 600 grand a week and the club was asking them to leave, I would go nowhere. He's not going to yeah. get half of that anywhere, not even in China. You cannot blame Gareth Bale for not wanting to leave his contract. It's an insane sure. contract. Moving on. Absolutely. Okay, Paul, uh, Paul, uh, kind of even moving over to you. Let's have a look at uh, Man, Man United right now. A lot of talk that Sancho might not be moving. How are we feeling? I can't hear his name anymore. I'm on Twitter and I, I read his name about 40 <laughs> times a day. I, it's I, not I, happening. I, I'd like him to happen. But at this point, I just, I'm so fucking done with the, that transfer. Like being a United fan, like our. I, transfer, thought we, I thought Spurs were bad, man. You guys are worse than us when we get, I'm just getting shit done. Some of the behavior from our, our fan base. A portion of our fan base is just, they're just not acceptable human beings and I, and I can't handle it. So I don't even check anymore. When I see his name, I just scroll. I'm like, I'm so, I don't even care if it comes anymore. I just can't read any more of it. And I know, I don't even know who else we're linked to. I just, I can't, I'm fed up with the Sancho saga already. Well, I'll tell you who you are linked to. So, um, and it's been the last couple of days, Ansu Fati out of uh, Barcelona. Oh, and there's a lot really? of talk that Barcelona wouldn't, wouldn't be a, opposed to the transfer because they, they've not seen the return. And obviously we know teams like Barcelona don't give that much time to players to, to make a move. Brian? Luke, what do you know about the player? I, I, I don't, I've, I've heard this first, I've heard this rumor. Is he, is he a, is a starter for Barcelona or is he more of a bench? He's more, well, and what he, position does he play? He is kind of a starter. He, he's a bit of a strange one, to be honest, because he, he had a good run of form in the team for a while. And then obviously his players started to return. They had a couple of key injuries. And obviously he started picking up um, some problems as well. But he's only a young lad. I think he's, I yeah. think he's 16, 17. He's one of oh, those. Oh, wow. That, okay. So he's a, he's a future for a future signing, essentially. For sure. But what he's yeah. showing. Yeah, he's already showing a lot. So that, and he has been playing, and when he plays, he picks up goals. And obviously, yeah. when you're getting time in in a team such as Barcelona that has you know the likes of Griezmann, Messi, and stuff like that, like you're you're a good player. Is he, so, is, he a, is he a striker then? Is that yeah? He's a, yeah, as an attacking okay. kind of more of a uh, kind yeah, of a he's winger, winger like, sort of kind of like hybrid. a ten. He's one of the he's a really young kid who everyone thinks is going to set the world on fire. But I think with Barcelona, it's like one of those things they've got too many guys and they've got to offload, and he could be one of them, Dembele maybe as well. But he watching him a couple times, 
he does look like he's got that potential to be a player, but it's one of those things almost like uh, who Moise Keane at Everton. We only saw him a handful of times at Juventus. Barely even played. Yeah, yeah it's one of those things where I don't think he's played enough to, to garnish because it would be a pretty hefty price tag because you're paying for potential, right? But Well, talking of talking of a hefty price tag, I won't spend too long on it, but Arsenal linked with a number of players. They uh, The first one is it looks like Willian will be any day now. Yeah. That looks like it's going to be finalized. And, and I personally think that's... I think it's bad business by Chelsea. I think he's been a, a key player in that squad. He he doesn't seem to be aging like you know most 33, 34-year-olds would do. I know he wanted the three-year contract, so I think that's where it fell and Arsenal were willing to give that. But I to keep him, I would have said that I would have given it to him, but I'm not sure. I would say I would say two years for him, didn't they? Sorry, go ahead, Emery. Yeah, I I heard that they offered a two-year contract, but he just didn't want to stay. That's what I read. They oh, did. Yeah. They offered him a two, but they but he wanted three. Uh, okay, that's yeah. a strange one as well. But I, I I think from a Chelsea perspective, we had talked about them earlier with the players they brought in. I think Zurich uh, and and uh, um, what's his name? Thank you. Uh, they well, Werner's more of a striker, but I think Ziyech, he because if I'm not mistaken, he comes in off the left, or he did for Ajax. He's a uh, winger, but he's a winger. So you know, you're replacing older wingers with younger wingers, and I and I like so Pedro similarly is gone and I just think it's the right time for them to move on I don't think that's problematic I think they're pretty strong in their forward uh, it's Chelsea are and letting those players go now is good business for Arsenal I don't I typically it's not something they would do for Arsenal he's playing in the same position as Pepe's or at least arguably from that right side is it's either depth in that position which is probably a good thing for them too so I don't know from this transfer from, from both clubs I, I Arguably, he gets to stay in London, which is good. But I think it's a good. I think it's a good transfer for both clubs. I agree because Arsenal could yeah. use it. You're, you're, we didn't even mention Christian Pulisic at Chelsea. They got yeah. Oh, that's right. the other one I was trying to think of. Yeah, I think it's one of those where both teams would win because yeah. William would be a great addition to that attack. Like they, they're so reliant on Obama Yang and um, Lacazette, and you know Pepe had a terrible season. We'll give him the second season. There still could be potential there, but. It'd be a great move for everybody. It's a depth move for sure. Yeah. And I think it's smart. I think it's for for Arsenal. That's uh, probably one of their better, smarter transfers that they've done in, in some time. If they can pull it off. If they can pull it off, yep. Yeah. Sure. It, it looks like they're going to. And the another big name coming out of uh, the Arsenal camp is uh, Jolson Fernandez. He's a he's a young Portuguese player currently playing at Sporting Lisbon. Very very good young player. But again, the money that's been listed that they're, they're looking at around thirty million. He's only seventeen. He is already in the Portuguese squad, so obviously a, a key talent for the future. But but a lot of news, and and obviously we'll pass over to uh, to Luke here. Hi, yeah, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, Villa linked with a number of of key players that we desperately need. So the first two that. Oh, tell us about think, Villa right now. Tell us what's happening. Yeah, Luke, are you ready? Yeah, no, yeah, I'm ready. Thanks. Um, so Villa have two key players. I'd love to get your thoughts on this, boys. Uh, Brentford, obviously, unfortunately, missing out yet again on promotion. Fulham, and Fed, just a quick point. Well done to Scott Parker. First, I think first year manager. Scotty or first P. Year? Love Scotty. Yes, Scotty P. Bringing That's Fulham back to the Premier League. You know, within a year, fantastic result. But now Brentford, Brentford will be a fire sale. And there's two big names listed already. Um, Said Ben Rama that Villa have been linked with for at least fantastic two years. Player. And of course, um, uh, Oli uh, Oli Wilson, um, Oli. Ali Watkins um, plays up front as well. Exceptional player. And he apparently has a release clause of 18 million. So there's talk of about 35, 40 million for the pair. I got to be honest, lads. I don't know what you guys know of these two, but they are fantastic. Uh, I watched Watkins in the final 
and the guy was was integral to everything. Like everything went through him. Yeah, I watched I watched them both in a file. And, uh, but how do you say his name? Ben Rama is that correct? Ben Rama, yeah. Ben Rama, ben Rama. He's from the Premier League. No, no, no. I know who he is. I'm just saying I couldn't uh, figure out how to say his name correctly. Oh, okay. I watched them in that final as well, and I thought he he did remind me a bit of a Grealish like player though too. He's he's luxury player. He's really good on the ball. Sees a pass. You know, he's very the, he, relaxed. Yeah, very relaxed. Uh, which, is, which is great. I mean, and if he can fit in with Grealish at the same time, and you've got two sort of creative players like that, I think that's a that's a great great signing. And he's quite young as well. I believe he's 21. 24, he's the exact same age as, as Grealish. Oh, so I think they have, okay. so you still, know, yeah, have that yeah. young talent. Yeah, the and then right. I think... It's a coup, ben, I think. Yeah, and Ben Rama's the same. I'm pretty sure I'm just going to chip it. I think Ben Rama's 25. So, yeah, 25. So, again, a very young Algerian. So, kind of like maybe the next Riyad Mahrez, hopefully. You know, we, we could hope. Just because uh, he's from Algeria, you know. He's yeah, well, well, you know I, I'm just putting a couple of things together. Let's not make it so obvious like that. But yeah. Here, I have a question um, we'll, for you, Luke. Uh, you yeah. have nine players that were either released or are leaving your club. That's a lot of depth uh, and maybe a lot of dead wood. Like, do you expect Villa to be as active as they were last summer? We won't be as active as we were last summer because a lot of the people being released um, won't, uh, you know, weren't weren't featured. Yeah. A lot of them were on loan and uh, other players that, that weren't on loan, they're coming kind of to the, or it's the end of their season. Um, I... Scott Hogan looks like he's on the way out and it looks like he's going to be a swap deal for for the life of me. I can't remember right now, but it was, I remember thinking it was, it was a good swap and we, we definitely take it. So it looks like he'll be, and he'll do well in the championship. He just hasn't worked at the Villa, unfortunately, but I would say Villa will spend, I think we'll spend similar price to what we spent last year, maybe a little bit less, but on far, far fewer players. I think we'll look to sign four or five, um, two mid, an attacker, and probably at least one, if not two, wing-backs left and right. So, And that, and that will probably shore us up because we've got keeper sorted, midfield looks pretty good um, with with a couple of signings. And obviously, we just we just need to sort that out. Uh, you, you just need a bit better quality signings. I think you guys signed a lot of players last season and it was kind of like, you know, the, it, it putting square pegs into round holes in some cases that didn't work it, out. Absolutely. Uh, but we, you know, we knew we were taking a lot of risks. But again, you know, uh, while a lot of people want to harp on that, there is still that point that we we had no squad. We, yeah. we you know, like 11, 12 players were gone. So we, we literally just had to rebuild a squad. So but I think we learned who who has that potential and who doesn't. And, and you'll start to see that adapted. So, so that's it really. There's a couple other key ones, but really, Realistically, they're the ones I think are most likely right now. So, any um, other uh, any other like transfers from any other team that we uh, you've noticed that are that we should care about, or, or are we moving on? Any other rumors? <laughs> well, there's there's a couple of big rumors. I'm trying I'm trying to transition here because we need to move on. <laughs> yeah, no, I uh, well, I, that's if you'd not noticed, that's yeah. what I was doing. Oh, were you? Okay, my bad. All right, so I want to get into uh, we're gonna. This is a Liverpool centric. Uh, episode, and we're happy to have Emery here on to discuss Liverpool. Firstly, Emery, I want to get a sense of where you come from as a Liverpool supporter. How did you become a Liverpool supporter? Is it a family thing? You know, did you? Uh, were you? Were you? Someone put a gun to your were, head. Were you? Were you in the bin? Were you in the bins like pulling garbage or something? And you, you know, you, you, uh, <laughs> 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 jokes got to go in there. No, I'm curious. Uh, just give us a bit of a rundown. How did you? How? Why Liverpool? Well, I grew up. Um, and was born in Istanbul, and my grandpa was a big, big Liverpool fan. And so when the final came about in, well, 2000, yeah, 2005, of course. I, was about, I was about four years old, and he took me to that match as no way. a wow. four-year-old. I don't remember much, Any, if at all, <laughs> much, if at all, at four or five years old. So that's where kind of the love started, and I followed from there. 
Nice. That's yeah. a good place for it to start, man. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Holy. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, um, we'll get into the chat here a little bit. Uh, season reaction so far with um, with with Liverpool this season. I mean, obviously, it was cut in half, right? We, we the season was split in half with the with COVID. You'd won the league. We all knew you'd won the league before this this thing happened. I think what was it, twenty six point lead going into that, or twenty four or something? Um, was it? Yeah, it was. It was ridiculous. And um, so, yeah, just give us your thoughts on the season. Tell us what you what you're. Um, winning your first Premier League title, which just sounds weird because Liverpool have won the top flight so many bloody times. But uh, what, do you, what are your thoughts? I just wish it was closer. That's, that, that was, that's been my thought going through the entire thing because the, the part of winning the title is the anticipation that it's going to happen. And it's just when the season started, it was all well and good. We got to December and we're like, all right, we, we, we won it. So it was, it was at that point that we realized that we won it. And it's just the rest of the season didn't really matter when it came to it. So I just wish that like if we won it, if we would won it last season, I would have I would have been over the moon because it's just constant. You never know what's going to happen, but it's just this season. It's just been a runaway race from the beginning. So I just that's been my only thoughts really. I don't remember much of it. I was drunk for most of it. So <laughs> and that's what we like to hear. Uh, welcome, welcome to the North End Podcast. I you, will, I, you will be back. Yeah, I think a lot of neutrals felt the same way too. Like for me, the big moment is when they hammered City, and I was like. Yeah. Well, this is over. There's no race anymore. They're obviously the more dominant team. And they just never took their foot off the gas pedal. And, you know, if you're a Liverpool fan, great, you know. But, it, I mean, even as a Liverpool fan, you're like, okay, we won. What do we do for the next two, three months? Yeah. Just And they kept playing well, and you, you have to enjoy and appreciate it. But there's no, like you said, there was, there, was, there was that hint of it, like them being robbed of the title. Which oh, I, yeah, yeah, I yeah. think we all kind of enjoyed somewhat because it was like, you know, we had to get something think, out of this. I think season. one of you two, you would definitely sacrifice something to someone. Yeah. It was desperately trying, come on, COVID, do yeah. one good do, thing. Yeah, to be good for something, you know, just take good. away Liverpool's first Premier League. This would be great. No, you, no, don't no, want no, it, no. you don't want it too close, though, Emery, because uh, I think we all remember 2014 and uh, Stephen so slips a lot, Gerard. Obviously, uh, yeah, I don't know what you mean. I don't. I don't remember that. Slip Slip no, that's selective memory. That is, isn't yes, it? exactly what it is. Very selective. <laughs> but you know, Brian, I just want to pick up on your point. You know, I, I, I think we all agree it, it was truly a, uh, a wonderful, wonderful performance, and and what a team performance. Like some of the the players that you now have within that team, I, oh, I think we've all agreed. You know, we had it on our last our last part. We talked about just how key so many of them were to all of us, and just. You know, you've got future legends, but I'd love to love to pick your your brain on Klopp. You know, he came in very sought after, obviously very regarded with his success with Dortmund. And then he came in and, and had a bit of a rough start. I think he lost the final of the Carabao. Then he the Europa League final he lost 2016, the Champions League 2018. He missed out on the, on the league last year, but obviously won the Champions League. But I think progressive steps year on year. And, and, it's, and it's incredible because you, you see... Top managers brought in the modern day in the modern day in the modern game, and they just don't manage to do that. So, so what do you make of Klopp, and what do you think Klopp has has been able to to kind of bring you that final step? I think when it came down to the original rumors when Brendan was gone, it was between uh, Klopp and Ancelotti when it came down to it, and it was it was it was a clear favorite. There was a clear favorite, and that was Klopp. And it was it was not just for the way that his teams play, but it was more on what he can capture within a football team. When it came to the comparisons between Dortmund and Liverpool, you can tell that they were both clubs run on emotion rather than, I guess, money or however you want to go by it. And I think Klopp did a really, really, really good job when it came to connecting both 
the fans and what happens on the pitch and all of the other things and just brought the soul that was missing from Liverpool back into the club. Because even watching throughout uh, 2010 up until now, there was always, the, the, the soul was gone. It was gone after Brendan, Ro- not Brendan, who the fuck am I talking about? Rafa got left. Yeah. So the soul left with Rafa and it's just, we got Roy Hodgson in. That was a mistake from the beginning. Hodgie, come on, come big on. Big boy, big boy. We all were boy. We, we, we went from the brink of administration and saying that we weren't too big for relegation to recapturing that soul and fighting tooth and nail to finally win the Premier League over the course of, you know, that 10-year stretch of rebuild. I mean, probably more closer to 30-year stretch of rebuilding, but I think he was just the guy to bring everything together and not just focus on financial or footballing aspects. And he was given time, right? Would you exactly. Not, like, I think that's the key thing here that I think Klopp got – and now very few managers get these days is time to do it. You know, he lost all of those finals. He, you know, a lot of coaches and managers in those situations would be sacked. They would be, you know, like, oh, you, you've lost like three big titles you've been in. You clearly aren't the winner we thought you were, but they instead they just kept buying good players in the right position. So I think, um, I think the, the trust in what he was able to bring to the table was huge for the club. I, I do agree with all of that, but here's the thing though. And I don't know how I'd love to get Emery's insight on this. They didn't have a miss in the transfer window. In fact, their transfer windows in the last three years, you couldn't give it any less than a 10 out of 10. These purchases... Best in Europe by far. Easily. Like the Salah money purchases and the amount they paid for them and what they'd be worth now, even at the time, the the 75 for Van Dyke. Van Dyke would go for 150 right now. Easily. Probably more. Maybe more. He's the best defender on the planet. No one can even argue that. They were they just executed so well in the transfer market. Um, and that was maybe my question, Emery. Like, how involved, because I don't know, I'm too far removed. How involved, to your knowledge, is Klopp in their transfer plans? When he came in, he always talked about um, picking the right player for the right money. And he always said that the day that he spends X amount on a player is the day that he'll stop managing, but you know, he kind of broke his rule with Van Dyke. <laughs> he, went, he, went did that. <laughs> he, he went and did that. The market did change though. So, you know, market, I, it changed like, because of the Neymar deal. Yeah. If the Neymar deal hadn't happened, he probably wouldn't have broken. Exactly. But. but when it comes to it, a lot of people give slack to uh, FSG when it comes to the transfer situation, especially now with Tiago and say rumors saying that we won't spend the money for him. But it's just, if you look back through the transfer that we made, like you said, there's, there's never really been a miss when it comes to it. I think the only one that comes to mind is Ragnar Klavan, and even then, he he did his bit. Well, well here's the thing. Think about n- not even the players he brought in. The amount of money you recoup for Coutinho, when you look at that situation in Barcelona, they're just... That was huge. That was a massive, massive coup. That's a, that's a good example. Sorry to interrupt you, Connie. Oh, no, for really- sure. It's a really good example of taking a player at the at its at his highest level, getting the amount of money that um, you can get for him, and then really spending it wisely. Like, and I know I know that I you guys are going to get annoyed with me because I'm going to bring it back to Spurs, but I think if we did that with Christian Eriksen, if we did the same thing with Christian Eriksen at his peak and sold him for 100, 120, which is what we would have got, a bit less than than Coutinho, but it, it, that's good. That's a smart, smart investment. I think Liverpool did that a, a few times. That wasn't the only time, but that that's was the That's different, though, because you would have freaked, freaked out about it. That's literally at the that's beginning. That's just me freaking out because I'm irrational and I'm emotional. No, no, football. I think Spurs, It's still the right thing to do. Spurs it's, fans would have. The thing is— I think Liverpool fans weren't happy we about him. Here's we, the thing, no, they beat him. Out. 
They, no, no, we we Emery, listen to him. He's you, on the show. You he freaked out. They weren't happy. No, yeah. we all freaked out. The next the next window was all spent just it's how like can we replace Coutinho? It was just, oh, we need this player. We need this player to replace him. It was just frantically, we need to replace Coutinho, even though we'd just been to a Champions League final. Yeah, I got to step in on that. See, like my brother's a Liverpool fan, and, and I remember the day it was official that he went to Barcelona, and my brother was freaking out. And I was like, dude, you have Mane, Salah, and Firmino, who are, and that's when they just started to find their groove. Coutinho wasn't even getting into the team. I was like, this is, if I was a Liverpool fan. I don't know about that. He wasn't. I don't know about that. Brian, that front, that front three was established at that point. But he wasn't playing. And he was playing yeah, he was playing in the midfield. He playing was playing in behind. Yeah, and he was playing like shit, and they still got that amount oh, of money. No, uh, not, 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 no I thought it was genius. Before January, he was front runner for the player of the year. I don't think you go to I don't think you go to Barcelona for 120 million when you're playing like shit. They just wanted him, and he was dipping a little bit. I thought it was. I literally thought that move alone was the antithesis for why Liverpool are where they are. That was the start. I would agree with that. I just think that they took they took a risk where most teams wouldn't selling their player at the highest who's at the highest level for the amount of money, and then taking that money and investing in the squad where they needed to. Which we've all we've 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 talked about this on this podcast a bunch of times, but I think that 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 is the that is the switching point where Klopp went from losing finals to winning finals. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Great piece of business. Everything everything fell into place for Liverpool. I don't want to say fell into place, but they just did everything right. And they do like, uh, and this is coming from a Manchester United fan. They deserve everything they're getting right now. Like they're they're the best team on the planet. It's just true, um, and they deserve it. They they've done it the right way. Where you look at like a PSG, you look at a you know um, a Man City, and even at times uh, like a United and, and a Chelsea, they've done it right. So good for them. All right, let's move on. We're wanking on this section too much here. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I know Emery. I know Emery's loving this right now. It's just like smiling and chewing. Let's give it a time. Let's get. I'll, I'll ask you a quick question, Emery, and I'm just going to throw a number. Can you tell me the net spend? If you had to have a guess based on the amount of money that Klopp brought in against the money that he spent on players, what was the, what was your what since he came in in 2015? What was the total amount that he spent? So net spend would be around uh, between seventy four and seventy seven million. Not bad, just under sixty five. Ah, so like incredible. Close, business. close, close. That's yeah, sixty three, sixty four. They reckon. Emery knows his stuff. He's allowed back on the pod. He does. He does, and I, I'm a big fan of that. But yeah, let's let's move on a little bit. And I, I'd love to kind of get your your mindset around um, the players because there was obviously you know from front to back. I think we'd all agree there's, there's so many good players at, at that squad. But I, you know, coming into this, I asked you to to think of your top three. We we spoke about this last week, and all of our kind of breakout and star players of the season were just different versions of of, of that squad. So, who really was the three standout players for you, Emery? Oh, I've, I'm still thinking now. I know you said you asked me earlier, but I'm still thinking now. I think the number one nailed on player for me would be would be Henderson, 100. percent Henderson, yeah, I know, I know you're looking at me like that, but Henderson's got to be in my top three, 100. percent um, I know Mane was a big performer when it came to the latter end of the season. And I would say Salah as well when it came to the start of the season. They both peaked at different points. I know Mane went missing quite a bit at the start. And Salah went missing, actually not missing. He was nowhere to be found at the end of the season. Yeah. So, it was, but, but Henderson, oh my God. 
I cannot find any enough words for that man. It's a funny one because I think most of us like would not say that about Henderson. Like you could see by just Connie's face right now that he's like yeah. completely no, confused. No. By it. But let me let me let me finish my point. Yeah. Let me finish my point. Because I I, I I I I can see what you like about Henderson, and I can see why Liverpool fans think the way they think about him and I think it's I think it's justified. I think he's he's was really good this season. He's it's not he's not playing in a position uh, that is going to be like, you know, oh my god, look what Henderson did. It's very you know, mechanical. What he does is he churns over the play in the midfield and he he, he gives them the opportunity to attack the way they attack. And if you've got a player who can do that like uh, you know, we've seen it with we've seen it with other players and other teams who've won leagues, and the, and the, it's required to have a player like that. Um, dare I say it that Hoybear might be that for Spurs? I doubt it, but, like, <laughs> but that's the type of player you need, though, and that's what Henderson did in this team, and I think he does deserve the credit despite being slagged. And like, Connie, you go ahead and slag him now. Well, no, I'm not going <laughs> to slag him. I actually I, I agree in a sense that from a consistency standpoint, like he was, he just performed better than I ever thought he could as a player. And and I do think he was incredible. But the only thing I would say is like, do you think he was more incredible than Virgil van Dyke and Allison? See, that's just expected of them though, because it, when it comes to the season that van Dyke had last season, it's just, it's, he sets such a high bar for him that it's just, now it's just every day. Just Van Dyke being Van Dyke. Exactly. He just he's playing against Brighton. Didn't I think stand out at all, right? That so should, I think you're right. But that Love. should count for something. It's like when when Messi scores a goal, everyone's like, "Oh, Messi scored a hat trick. Oh, it's just Messi." No, no one else is doing it. Like Van I know. Dyke, I just think when you see a player go from like being sort of average, like we thought Henderson was, to playing yeah, the way yeah, he played yeah. in a in a winning season it's where the team, where the team won the league, that it's a difference maker. I agree, like, but he, you know, like, he wouldn't be in my top, title. He wouldn't be in my top three Liverpool. Would he be in either of your top three Liverpool players? Uh, Liverpool players as players, no, top three, maybe not top three top performer. No, but top. I know, but when you say top three performer, do you mean just of last season? Yeah. If you mean just of last season, I would say yes. Yeah. If you mean as a player in the team, if, if as a person, I, yeah, I agree. All of the club, I'd be like, ah, it's Anderson, whatever. But his performance in the last season was top notch. It was incredible. I wouldn't say that it was a uh, player of the year worthy, like some people are claiming. I don't think he should be anywhere near that player of the year award, but. I think for Liverpool, he's just been he's just been something else because you, if you look at the stats when it comes to his uh, the win percentage with and without him, it plummets without him. I know he's played only like what eight games off the season or something stupid like that. Played a lot, but, yeah. But, but every time he doesn't play, it's just the team looks disheveled, and I have no other way to describe it than that. I mean, he didn't play against Watford, and we got smacked three 0 That's a good point. Like we talk about it all the it's time. A glue thing, right? It's yeah. like in Diddy for Leicester, or like Fernandinho for me. Conte, Conte for uh, Leicester, and yeah. For and and these are players that like Mane and Salah score the goals. Van Dyke is a big presence. Like the your average football fan won't see that. They won't see how important of a player that he is. And Henderson, you know what? You could make an argument that he was. Well, it's not. It's not glamorous, is it? Yeah. Connie? I think. I think. And the ultimate day, that, you know, saying, yeah. the quality of the football is so good that we're getting now. You know, years ago you'd have the likes of a one-off. You'd have a Diego Maradona, or you'd have a Pele, or you'd have. A, but you wouldn't have just the the abound, the bountiful level of talent and and class and skill level. But the players like that, and you know, they, these are the players that I looked up to because I wasn't. You know, I'm not you know, this this magical guy on the ball. But I, I know how to do basics. And and the players that have done basics are the ones that regard it. You've got, you know, um, world-class and, and world-famous Barcelona players putting, uh, 
you know, um, talking about their, their love of Paul Scholes, you know, and again, not a player that would be all into their fancy step over. So, so I think it's, it's a fair shout. So, okay. So that's number one. How about two and three? Uh, it was Sadio and Salah for me, them three. I think that's I think that's fair. Boys, would we agree? Yeah, I would agree. I mean, it's pretty hard not to. So Mane in particular for me, I think Salah, it was, he's inconsistent and kind of, he's inconsistently good, but he's still inconsistent. Like he has sort of like uh, flourishes of, you know, moments and being really good for a few games. Um, but uh, Mane was just like, other than sort of the beginning, first probably month and a half, two months of the season was super reliable and was the best player on the pitch every time he stepped on it. So, But the fact that we can call a, a player that's gotten 19 goals and eight assists in a season inconsistent is just meant it's bonkers yeah. but that's how good that's how good liverpool were like you know yeah. i mean that's the level that, uh, that they're playing at that nobody's nobody other than city are near and they they bought it so like you could you could pick him and i'd be like i'm cool with salah i just I, it's tough for me not having van dyke for me if i had to pick the three he just he's he's just a mammoth uh, at the back right and i would say yeah, i mean i think i picked allison as my uh yeah is my well, I'll, give you that. I'll give you that as well. I think just as far as goalkeepers are concerned and just what he brings to the team as a leader from that position with Van Dyke in front of him and that spine in that team with Henderson in front of them, it's just like you, that spine is just incredibly strong and really, really going to be hard to break down in, uh, for any team. It doesn't matter what, uh, how good they're, they're supposed to be. So I hate how good they are. I'm going to throw up after this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move oh, on. Not an ounce of bitterness. Well, okay. I think uh, what, what what's important to kind of look into is you know we know how how big of a club this is and we, we understand just how much of an achievement this is but you know we are all brought together because of our location it is not based in the uk it's not even based in europe we're all here based in toronto for all our international fans i think it's i think last i looked it was about four hundred thousand guys thank you so much but we are based in toronto and you are based within the toronto liverpool fan club so i'm, I'm kind of intrigued as to kind of you know, if you could tell us a little bit about that supporters club, you know, the North American representation, like how, how big of a fan base is it out here in North America for, for Liverpool? Uh, when it comes to Toronto, I think there was a recent survey that came out when it came to uh, what team in the Premier League you support. And I think there was about 45,000 people that voted in the greater Toronto area f- that they said that they were supporters of Liverpool. And when it comes to that, I think that's a pretty big number when it comes to North America. For sure, but th- we do know this city's full of bandwagon of fans. So let's let's move on from that ridiculous. <laughs> that too. It's either Liverpool or United. Let's be honest. I mean, yeah, their of- third option was the Raptors. They thought they were a Premier League team. So. <laughs> well, we're the two, we're the two biggest clubs in England. So I mean, it's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So yes, so it like is it is it just located within kind of like Toronto or you know is there big sectors within you know Philadelphia, New York, Washington? Blah blah. blah. It, oh, it's. It's all over. I know Canada itself has about 12 official supporters club all over. I know pretty much every city in, or sorry, every state in America has um, at least one. I don't know if they're official or not, but we've been in a lot of contact with uh, the New York people. Uh, when we went down for the tour, the preseason tour last year, we got together with a bunch of the um official Liverpool supporters clubs in North America. There was also murmurs about this summer and I believe Netherlands of getting all the official Liverpool supporters clubs together and playing a tournament to see who comes out on top, which didn't materialize due to COVID. But this was like all over the world, worldwide. Anyone that can come down, come down. But it's a so, so at present moment. Do you have like yearly meetups or no? That's that's no. something that you hope. That, that's something okay. that we'd hope to do, but 
Not for sure. Quite, quite funny. Aston Villa, North America. How's that? Oh, oh here, here we go. I mean, we've, we're, in, we're in constant contact when it comes to like social media, and there's some Zoom calls sure. there. Where does where does the Liverpool fan go to watch the game now that Scallywags is closed? Yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about that. That's obviously a huge loss to the Toronto. It's a loss to the to the football community, to be yeah. fair. Yeah, you know, I know that it wasn't just Liverpool supporters who went there. It was massively a Liverpool supporters bar, but I know that a lot of clubs, uh, smaller clubs, that had a place to watch football. Um, it was it's you know it's a it's a it's a shitty thing to lose so yeah what are, what are you guys thoughts what are you what are you guys doing with that um we've finally figured out a move i mean before that we were trying to out search and find a bit, couple more bars when it came down to it see to use them as overflows and the madison what is now considered our home when it comes to the official liverpool supporters club we trialed out for one game when it came to the watford game the three nil loss so we're like, yeah, we're ne- we're never coming back here again. But <laughs> it's bad luck, right? There you go. And now we're Why, back. Can you, can you tell us where that is, or tell any any Liverpool supporters who are listening to this who might not necessarily go there where it is? I will tell you exactly where it is with my friend Google here. <laughs> Have you guys been to the Maddie before? Oh, of course. Yeah, I know. That's why it's a it's a classic place as well. Totally, it's on Bloor, isn't it? It's Bloor, uh, the piano guy. There's like five floors. Yeah. I've like fallen yeah, on the right stairs up, there a bunch of times. It's Overcourt and Bloor, right? I think it is. It's right outside St. George Station on yeah. the east. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's that. Yeah, it's a good spot actually. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, okay. It's good you guys found. It's good you guys found a spot because, um, yeah, I mean. All those, all those Liverpool fans need somewhere to torture the rest of us. I, guess. <laughs> I, I do have a question for Emery, and it might be a little bit off topic. You've been so good for the last couple of years, and we've seen this with Man City. We've seen it with teams like Barcelona. Is this performance level and you know the titles, Champions League, Premier League, is it sustainable with this group that you've got or do you need to make moves? So I think essentially what I'm asking is what are your expectations moving forward? Can you keep this juggernaut going? That's a, it's a very, very good question. And it's a very leveled question. There's too much to go into when it comes down to it. But I think there are additions that need to be made because we've got Van Dyke turning 28 this year. We've got Salah Mane. God knows where they're going to end up. Bobby's, you know, near an age where he's going to start dropping off. But I think we can still get at least two years just out of this squad alone. But it's just having that depth or just the youngsters come in and be able to work with the team and grow with the team to eventually take over from the team. But it's just, it's, it's, it's a very tough thing to do, especially with Klopp saying that he's just going to run out his contract and dip um, in 2024, because that's what he said. He said he's not going to sign any more contracts and that after 2024, it'll be it for him. I mean, that's but, another fucking four years. You guys would have had him for like, what, 11 years at that point, is it? Or yeah, mm, 10, nine, years? Ten, nine years, nine years, 10 years. Anyway, that's a, the longest any manager has been in any club since uh, Arsene Wenger. Well, think about it, though. Like, it's, it's a golden era that they're going through right now. I think... I worry about like the burnout, and we saw it a little bit with Man City. Although I don't think they were prepared at the back as much, which is you know we're still, yeah. And and I like I have a weird feeling that they're going to come back. And if I had to pick right now, I think I would pick City for for the title, but simply because of that alone, simply just because of the burnout. I think Liverpool might see a touch of it. I still think if City win the league, it'll be Liverpool right behind them, and I think it would be close. But 
it's also it's tough yeah, to maintain I, that level for such a long period it's a, it's of time. A, yeah, I, I agree, Connie. And it's a cycle issue, right? Like teams yeah. go through cycles, and I think your team, I think Liverpool, they peaked. They peaked really well. I mean, they peaked with the Champions League win, and they peaked with the Premier League win. And I think arguably they're probably going to got another league in them. Uh, and and I think that we, you'll see them challenge again next season because I think they have got the quality there. But I, I think you got one at least one more season of of City and Liverpool at that top, and then there'll be a couple other teams who are kind of teasing it a little bit to, to try to compete but um the levels that those two teams are at is just it's just another it's just another place so um yeah I, but i do think that uh, like you said emery that those players those key players you talked about i didn't realize van dyke was 28 i mean i mean center halves do they do have a longer career but um it seems like he's like a kid he just came in but i guess you know he was, he was at southampton for a while but yeah it's a strange one if the cycles in football they just it just goes so quick you just re- holy shit that you know we're we're in a, we're in a new new scenario here with a bunch of new players like 3 years later i'm just curious to see what happens after pep leaves city because yeah, the only reason too. i think i think city are doing as well as they are now with finishing with 100 points 98 last season is partly well mostly down to him and the players that He's, you know, grown, but I don't know what happens if he leaves after next season when it comes to Liverpool. I don't, you see, I, I disagree. I think, I think kind of you'd agree with that. I, I think actually he's, he's no good for them right now. I think they, they need someone with a, a younger and a, a more, a fresher mindset because I, I don't know with Banner. You just like, want him at Villa, don't you? Is that what <laughs> no, I, I don't because Villa would never go. I know. It's you know, we talk about the likes of Barcelona and Bayern Munich and Man City. Honestly, if I give a moderately trained baboon that squad, I'd still expect the baboon to make a top four finish. So it's it's it's. I have, I, I have a yes, problem. With that. I, I have a problem with that thought process because I don't think that works. And, and I, I there's a part of me that thinks like he is kind of a fraud to some extent, is that he doesn't necessarily make players better, but to manage those egos at that level with that, that quality and to get them all to be on side with you despite their their own egos usually getting in the way and to play at the level they're playing at and to consistently do it week in and week out. That's what makes him a good manager. He's not the best manager of young players and getting them better out of it, better, like making young players better, but he's very good at very, with like managing very good players, which he was. So I think he understands that, that elite mentality. And I think that, um, you know, you, you, you're, you're, Maybe cut, it's a it's a little bit short sighted to not recognize uh, what he brings. And I agree with that, but quickly, like when has he ever been in a position to do it without the biggest checkbook around Barcelona, has, Bayern Munich? He's had it everywhere he's gone. So until he does that, I don't know. But, but guys, we've seen it in the last couple of weeks. Financial fair play essentially doesn't exist. And, and credit to Liverpool for doing it the way they did. But this guy has a blank checkbook at Man City. I don't even know if he's going to go anywhere. They're just hey, you saw what happened at their defense last year. Hey, we'll let you buy three, four more. Let's go get another title. And I and I and I think. Uh, Brian, I definitely agree with your point. I think uh, so much of the modern game and management is is managing egos, which is a shame, but it, but it is especially on a team with like every player that's like worth the amount of the value that they have. It's every bomb. player in the world, yeah, for sure. I but I would argue again in the defense of the baboon, it's very hard to have an ego when a monkey is throwing feces in your face. You know, like that all goes out the window. So I'm just saying, don't get off the baboon wagon right yet. Like like just just let it sit, and we'll talk about it next part. Maybe we'll give him a shot. For thanks for giving me. Thanks for giving me the name of the podcast. <laughs> but one last thing. So, and I, this is my last thing for Emery. But I think it's a question. Like, is it a concern that Liverpool and the boss of sports group won't 
spend or invest the money like a city or a Chelsea or a United that are like that you were holding on to this almost lightning in a bottle for another couple of seasons. And you're like, oh, we're fucked again. Like, is that is that in the back of your head a little bit as a Liverpool fan or or do you think you can continue to kind of keep going on this trajectory? I think it is definitely on the back of my mind, but I've I've gone through basically everything there is to go through when it comes to Liverpool. So I know I'd be capable of living through it, but in my head, I think they deserve our trust when it comes to it because they're we've got here, not because of them, not in spite of them, but because of the system that we've got in place. So if it's worked out until now, I think it'll still continue to work out. What happens past 2024 when Klopp leaves? I've got absolutely no clue. I mean, Stevie's contract runs until... 2024 as well is it as simple as slot him in home for the best i don't think so but you know he's gonna end up there at some point that is happening. yeah, yeah it's so- an inevitability for sure i think i think that's fair but i think i think we've talked about this previously and we talked even earlier on the show i think what liverpool have done like as far as transfers are concerned they have a system in place of how they're going to deal with it if they keep that despite whether klopp's there or not if they're still going to obviously going to be able to bring in any top class manager, if they maintain that 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 understanding of like this is how we're bringing in players and this is why we're going to bring them in, then it doesn't matter who the manager is, as long as the manager knows how to get the best out of that squad. I think you guys are. Uh, I think there's a there's a chance for you to be at that top level for a very long time. You and I disagree on this vehemently. We've done it before. We've had the same conversation. It's very difficult to strike gold the way they did cost wise. I agree. Klaw, I agree. Mane, and even at the time, Van Dyke, like they've just been perfection with cost to their ROI, the return on investment. There's been a bit of luck involved. I yeah, think, for like, sure. Results, and I, and, I, and I don't disagree with that, Lacani. I think we're we're on the same page yeah. there but i do think that like if you if you have the right system in place when it comes to this you will get results and they won't always work but they'll work most of the time okay i lied final question sure. lied my final question for emery where do liverpool finish <laughs> where do liverpool finish next season well that's that's actually what we were going on to jp asked the same a couple of a couple of people got in touch with us on the social oh nice that question so emery what do you and so just to add to yours dave as well <laughs> realistically if you wanted to push so first where do you think you're going to end up next season uh, I'm going to be safe and uh, not throw myself under anything and say top two. You bitch. <laughs> you That's weak. Bitch. All right. I said, you're, I said you were going to come back on the podcast, but not anymore. You're one, fired. one or two. You got, listen, we don't let people get away with this. Are they going to finish first? No, we don't. Just so pick top one or top two, and it's not two. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, there you go. He's okay. Okay. Like the confidence. Like the best. I like that. That's better. That's better. So just obviously to expand, extend on that point then, what realistically do you need to address, if anything, to push for another title next year? Because obviously we're seeing that City know where their, their holes are and, and we're already seeing from the signing of like a Nathan Aki that they're going to try and address that very quickly. What what are Liverpool going to need to remain that level of, of consistently good? Honestly, when it comes to Liverpool, if it was any other club, I'd be like, oh, they definitely need depth when it comes to injuries and whatnot. But I don't I swear to God I haven't seen a single injury from any Liverpool player that's been, been so in the last few weeks. It's wild. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's luck or they're being dosed with something or the nutritionist has <laughs> got something that's like insanely good and can't be detected, but but I mean, when it comes down it, to that, I'm knocking on you. Knock on wood, because you guys have had to be the most injury-free team in the last two seasons. It's been incredible. I mean, last season it was a it was a bit of a shit show, but this season it's just been clear. Yeah. There, there's been nothing. Like, I mean, Robbo's played basically every game. Trent's played basically every game. Yeah. The only injury worry we've had was uh, Henderson and Salah playing with an injury here and there. But I think when it comes to additions, I think we definitely, definitely need to replace Lovren. 
when it comes to having a fourth choice center back yeah. as much as you know i hate him and all the shit that he's done but <laughs> he needs to be replaced to have a fourth center back because fabinho can't play there for a consistent amount of time without losing his presence in midfield what about, uh, Nab, sorry to interrupt you, but what about nabby keita like he we haven't seen the best of him yet jesus christ yeah man like that goal that he had like near the end of the season like there's a player there like what can he get into the first team at all for you is there any chance i think he's nailed on as long as he stays fit i mean he's got a he, he had a lot of um unluckiness when it comes to the guinea manager that played him when he was injured in uh in the internationals and that was a big fuck you towards him and his career to the point where Klopp said no and just pulled him out. Yeah, smart. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, we're getting we're getting close to the end here, uh, and I know Luke, you had um, you wanted to wrap up with some trivia uh, before. Well, we got we got to test them, haven't we? Because they've won everything. And <laughs> you, me, and, and uh, Connie are sick of the smugness of this group. So, so let's see, let's see, Emery. You've you've been a long time fan, and, and I don't think anyone can say that you're not a fan. Like to, to go and watch Liverpool in, in realistically probably the greatest moment in history um, of, of, of their history. Like it was fantastic. Istanbul was absolutely sensational. So I've got three little questions. Pretty easy. You know, so we're, we're just going to fire away. We're going to start nice and simple. So can you give me, uh, can you tell me how many po- home points you picked up this season? How many home points? I mean, we won every game. Uh, I don't, I'm not good with math. Three times 18. No, we took a point from you. No, did you know you beat us at, at Anfield, didn't you? Or did we tie at Anfield? Look at Connie making oh, no, a better oh, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. So it is. Uh, I'll give you within two. I think that's fair. Within two. So 54 is if we won every single game, I believe. So let's say 51. Ooh, just short 55. 55? Really? 55 not points. 18, yeah, you still not 18 home games, or is it 19 home games? It's 18. No, no, no. Is it 19? I think Emery's just got bad math. Oh, no, well, yeah. I've got horrendous. We'll give him that one. We'll give him that one. We'll give him that one. Okay, number two. How many finals did Klopp lose prior to losing the Europa final in 2016? So, not including the 2016 Europa final, how many finals had he reached and lost previously? Is back? this just at Liverpool or is this at This every is not time? at Liverpool. This is a Klopp question. So, so this is, uh, uh, there's no judgment. This one wrong. So, he's got the League Cup final that he's lost. He's lost the Champions League final prior to that. That's two. I uh, know he lost a uh, German Cup final before he left Dortmund. So that's three. I don't think well reached any at mines, and I'm just going to throw a fourth one in there because I feel like it. Emery, that is sensational. I don't know how you got to the right answer, but you have. Yeah, well done. I think, done. He, so, I think we just watched him get to the right answer by deduction. That was very nice. It was <laughs> three for three. Very, very impressed. Final question. Liverpool's first ever Premier League opponent was who? Oh, fuck if I know, man. <laughs> I'll give you I'll give you I'll give you a choice. I'll give you a four choice. I could guess Nottingham Forest, Arsenal, Sheffield United, or Aston Villa. If oh. just take a guess who this question's coming from yeah, and you'll be able to answer it. Villa. Why not? 
It's not. It's actually Nottingham Forest. Oh, oh, actually, I wasn't break. going to say Forest until they say, uh, said. He no. chucked that in there though, just to fuck with us. I'm sure. I did. I, I definitely did that. Well, listen, Emery. I think we'd all agree, Brian. I'll let you wrap up, but I'm yeah, yeah. just going to say, absolute pleasure. Thank you it so much good. for joining absolutely. us. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. Thank- hopefully, we can swing by and have a pint with you at the Madison. Absolutely. Yeah, Emery. Thanks, mate, uh, for coming on. It's been a pleasure. Uh, just so everybody knows, you can reach us on our socials at, at the North End Pod on both on Facebook and Instagram. So check us out there. Uh, Emery, we'll definitely have you back on. We'll make you a regular for 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 Liverpool, so you don't guys get discounted completely. I know that we have two we have two United supporters who are a part of this podcast, so only one of them had to leave in order to get you here. So we, we, I'm we, the nice here. one, though. Let's, uh, I'll yeah. get another Liverpool fan in. We'll kick you. Uh, we'll kick I'm, you. The, yeah. I'm the nice one. The other one would have been a complete fucking savage. Agree, <laughs> disagree, boys. What do you know? Agree. Agree. Oh, very, very, yeah. very. So it's thank you for listening. Yeah, we will. We will. No, no, it's fine. Thank you for listening, guys. Uh, and Emery, thank you again for coming on. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll be back, guys. We're, we're we have our hundredth episode coming up, uh, which hundred episodes is crazy. It's our this is do something big. Um, yeah, we're we're it's going to be massive. Maybe for the first game of the season, uh, it's going to my timing be timing might be good for that. So we will be back uh, probably next week uh, or the week after to do some more transfer roundup, and uh, we'll see you then. Bye. 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 This is the North